0: So welcome and welcome back to 40 Days of Prayer. This is a six-week series that we've been doing, going through the Lord's Prayer, which we just read and prayed earlier today. And each week we take a look at a line of it. And this week, the line is, forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. So what do you do with your debts, your wrongdoings? See, it's a near-human experience. To feel bad about things we do. See, we don't all feel bad over the same things. But we all, at one time or another, have felt bad over something we've done. And we all felt, we know the sting of guilt or shame. And as a result, we all do something with our guilt. So do you minimize it? Say things like, it wasn't a big deal. It's not like I murdered anyone. Or maybe you make excuses for it. They deserved it. Life's been hard. I needed this. Or maybe you beat yourself up over it. I'm such a failure. Idiot. I knew my parents were right. Or maybe you just ignore it. And wait for it to go away. Okay, I feel better now. So what's your strategy? We all have some way to get rid of the weight of guilt and shame. We all have something. See, now, research is interesting because what research has revealed something we all know. First is guilt feels horrible. And and then research has shown that it can lead to all kinds of things. It can lead to anxiety, stress, depression, feelings of worthlessness, low self-esteem, insomnia, back pain, and negative self-talk, among many others. And here are five very surprising things that guilt does according to research. Guilty feelings will consume, on average, about five hours of your week. Guilt can make you punish yourself. This, in science, is actually known as the Dobby effect, for all you Harry Potter people. Feeling guilty can make you more likely to assume that you've harmed other people, even when you haven't. Or guilty feelings can actually decrease your focus and make it harder to concentrate. And then in perhaps what's the weirdest one, that guilt can actually make you overestimate your own weight. There is a literal weight of a guilty conscience, and we add it onto our own body weight. We have to do something with our guilt. We all do. Otherwise, it will come out. So what do you do with your guilt? Well, the Bible's answer comes in the fourth line of the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. This is a prayer of confession. And see, I think it's easy to get the wrong idea of confession. You might see confession as embarrassing because you don't want to admit what you did. Or maybe you see confession as losing face. And especially if people find out. Or maybe if you come from a Catholic or a more legalistic background, you might see confession as an obligation that you have to do. But none of these, none of these get to the heart of confession. The heart of confession is this. Confession is a cry for relief from the weight of sin. Confession is a cry for relief from the weight of sin. If our mouth doesn't cry it out, our body will. Confession is a cry for relief from the weight of sin. Now, the the Bible is full of case studies about the unbearable weight of sin. Adam and Eve disobeyed God, and they felt shame, and they hid from God. Judas betrayed Jesus, and he killed himself. King David had an affair And then he had her husband killed to cover it up. And that's the one we're going to talk about today. See, this story is told in 2 Samuel 11 and 12, over the course of two chapters. Uh, So King David ruled Israel around 1000 BC. And he was considered Israel's greatest king. But he also did some pretty horrendous stuff. And... Now, there are a lot of people in the Bible who did horrendous stuff, don't get me wrong. But David, because he was a poet and a musician and a writer, through the Psalms, we actually get a front row seat. We get a peek into the psyche and the experience of someone wracked by the weight of guilt and what happened when he confessed. So scholars believe at least two of the psalms David wrote directly after this this incident that we've talked about. Sleeping with a married woman. She got pregnant while her husband was off at war. And so David arranged for him to be killed in battle to cover it up. And, And then the prophet Nathan confronted David and spoke with God's truth, and David felt the conviction immediately, and he confessed. He tried to hide it all up, but but when he was faced with the truth of God, he confessed. And that's what we're going to look at. And that story is reflected in two psalms that David wrote after all of this. Psalm 32 and Psalm 52. And we're going to look at sections from both of those. And they beautifully illustrate how confession is a cry for relief from the weight of sin. So let's start with Psalm 32. This is verses 3 and 4. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped. As in the heat of summer. Look at those descriptions. His bones ached, groaning all day. He felt a heavy weight. His strength was sapped. Over a thousand years ago, David described what research supports today with the science of guilt and shame. Here's how David described the same thing in Psalm 51. For I know know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Can you feel the weight? Can you feel the weight in his words? That condemnation. It's inescapable. See, sin can, can't be hidden for too long. It always comes out, it always festers, it always grows. And that weight just becomes more and more. And David was being crushed. Under the the weight of his own sin and selfishness and rebellion against God. But it doesn't have to be that way. See, there's one more truth about confession that's important for you to understand. Confession makes Christ the rightful owner of your sin and shame. Confession makes Christ the rightful owner of your sin and your shame. See, Isaiah 53 prophesied about Jesus. Surely He took up our pain and bore our suffering. Hebrews 13.13 described Jesus as taking on our disgrace. 1 Peter 2.24 says that Jesus bore our sins. He literally carried up our sins. Now, King David didn't know Jesus. He wouldn't come on the scene for another thousand years. But he did know from the Old Testament sacrificial system that God removed sin when we confess. So that's exactly what he did. When the prophet Nathan confronted David, David broke down and he confessed. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. And if you've ever been racked by guilt, there might have been some nights where it felt so heavy, so painful, so poignant, that you actually felt that you were going to die. Here's how David described this moment in Psalm 32. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. Psalm 51 is even more vivid. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Do not cast me from Your presence or take the Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of Your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Confession cleans and washes you. We think it brings embarrassment, but it actually brings joy and gladness. It purifies your heart and restores your strength. How does it do all of that? How can it possibly do all of that? That is because confession makes Christ the rightful owner of your sin and shame. See, some of y'all are carrying around your sin like you own it, like you're your own Savior. Responsible for carrying your own sin and your own shame. But when you confess to God, you make Christ the rightful owner of your sin. That classic Christian phrase, Jesus died for your sins, it is meaningless if you never give your sins to Him. How can Jesus... Die for your sins if you're holding on to all of them. You're trying to pay the price yourself. See, but when you do, when you do confess, when you do lay down your sins at the foot of the cross, that spiritual cancer is gone. It's taken by the only one who can handle it. The sinless sacrifice. The perfect Lamb. The Son of God. Jesus. And when God, through Jesus, is the owner of your sin and shame, He can remove it as far as the east is from the west. He can remove it and throw it into the deepest part of the ocean. He can blot it out. He literally can destroy it. That's what happens when you let Jesus be the rightful owner of your sin and shame. So how do you do it? How do you confess? How do you cry out for relief from the weight of sin? How do you let Christ be the rightful owner of your sin and shame? Well, I want to talk about three aspects, kind of a threefold meaning of confession. So the first is you ask God for forgiveness. You ask forgiveness from God. So what do you need God's forgiveness for? How do you know what to ask forgiveness for? Well, you ask yourself, where have you hurt another person? And by hurting another person, you have hurt God. Because that person is made in God's image. That person is beloved by God. Where have you contradicted something you know that God has spoken against? Something that is not part of His desire, His will for you in your life. And if you're not sure, if you just you want to confess but you're just not sure, just Google Bible sin list. And just start reading. And let the Holy Spirit convict you. If you don't find anything on one of those lists, then you should be in this position, not me. Let the Holy Spirit convict you. And confess. Keep short accounts with God. Because we are never made to carry the weight of sin. Second, ask forgiveness from others. Ask forgiveness from others. Who do you need to seek forgiveness from? Who have you hurt with your words or your actions? And as you're praying today, as you're singing today, maybe praying tonight or this week, God might bring someone to your mind that has been negatively impacted by your behavior, by your sin. That's someone to ask forgiveness for. Now what's interesting about asking someone for forgiveness, depending on what they believe about life and faith and spirituality, they might not see the need for it. And... In fact, if you've ever had someone where you've asked for their forgiveness and they say, no, 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 it's, it's, it's not a problem. Or it's no big deal. Or even worse, no, you don't need to ask forgiveness from me. Or even worse, no, I don't want to forgive you. Know that in, in those situations, you have done your part to seek forgiveness. You have stood before God and, and with a humble heart and confessed. Now, what the other person does with your, your asking of forgiveness, that's between them and God. Lastly, the third part to this puzzle here is to forgive others. Who do you need God's help to forgive? See, a lot of times we hold on to our anger Because we feel like it gives us power. We feel like if we let go of our anger or resentment, then the other person will just walk all over you again. They'll just do it again. So we hold on to anger like it's our power, whereas really it's our cancer. And to forgive someone is to set a prisoner free, but to realize the prisoner was you. So anger is not worth holding on to for the feeling of self-righteousness, for the feeling of power. Because it's really, it's not power. It's cancer. So who have you been holding on to anger for? Against? and Holding on to that resentment? So you remember the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgive us of of our sins as we also forgive those who have sinned against us. See, forgiving others isn't optional for the believer. In fact, it should be the hallmark of the believer. And now forgiveness, don't get me wrong, forgiveness does not mean you have to trust them again. Forgiveness does not even mean you have to have a relationship with them again. And in some cases, when the relationship is not safe, you shouldn't. Forgiveness is simply saying, I will no longer hold this against you. I will no longer hold this against you. So why is confession so important? Why is confession so important? Well, because the stakes are enormous. Listen to what Jesus said immediately after the Lord's Prayer. Literally, the next thing He said was this. If you forgive other people when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, your Heavenly Father will not forgive you of your sins. See, if you're a Christian, you have experienced salvation. You have experienced forgiveness. You felt the weight of sin removed from your back. Now, God wants you to use you to help remove that weight from other people. God wants you to give freedom to other people just like you have felt. See, God doesn't want you to just relish and hoard your freedom. God wants you to give it away. Help others experience what you have experienced. He wants you to forgive. And if you don't, it says something dire about the state of your soul. See, now, this teaching from Jesus doesn't say you must forgive people in order to be forgiven. That's not what Jesus is saying here. But it does say that forgiving others is proof, it's evidence that your sins have been forgiven. Forgiving others is proof that Jesus has saved you. Forgiving others is proof that God has transformed your heart. So be transformed, be forgiven. And be generous in forgiving others. Join me in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And it's amazing that you grant any of us forgiveness. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. But you give it freely. So thank you for Jesus Christ. That he has given a way that we don't have to carry the weight of our own sin. Lord, I pray for any person here, any person watching online. If they are feeling burdened down by the weight of their choices, by the weight of the things they have done. Jesus Christ, I pray that you speak to them today, meet them today, and relieve them of the weight of their sin. Holy Spirit, come alongside each one of us and help us to have the courage to confess. And Father God, thank You. Thank You that You deeply want a relationship with us. You deeply want to be near to us. And that's done when we confess. So Lord, let us be quick to confess and quick to forgive. We need Your help.